<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Hey folks, it's Matt Zachary and welcome to Vax On, a brand new weekly segment of my podcast, Out of Patience, right here on the Offscript Media Network. Hey, I'm Alora Nanos. I'm a lawyer, a journalist, a mom of a teenage narcoleptic, and a professional big mouth. Lou and I go back 30 years as best friends, and we're here to have fun and bring you a layperson's guide to what the hell just happened this week in healthcare as America gets its vax on and shows COVID the door. Matt gets me. He knows I'm tired, annoyed, and sometimes pushed to the brink by the intense chaos of our lives right now. We're here together to learn, complain, and include you in the conversation. So join us on Twitter at VaxOnPod and share your stories and grievances using the hashtag VaxOn. Conspiracy theorists and haters shall be neutralized on site. All right, Matt, let's get at it. Howdy, friends. Welcome back to VaxOn. Sitting in for Elora Nanos is my also other dear friend from high school, Karen Marinelli. Welcome to that chair. Hey, Matt. It's great to be here. I kind of feel important being in a Laura seat. <laughs> Live and in person. Yeah. Vax buddies. Stuff. Vax buddies. Pretty good stuff. It's good stuff. We cannot kill each other, at least by virus. That's true. <laughs> That's true. After 30 years. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. I don't know. Between the two of us, we have about 18 lives. So we've got a few it's, left. I mean, yes, but clearly, as I think we want our listeners to know that you, you kind of earned the spot, right? You don't ask for this shit to happen to you, but you kind of earned the spot. That's true. When you've got history going back to being, you know, literally a kid. Yes. Right. We've known each other a long time. Yeah, exactly. So I first want to bring up how what's been most relevant to me, seeing my wonderful little band camp crew kind of grow up, get old together, is you're one of the few people I know that isn't just raising a type one kid, but is so activated and so motivated to kind of tell everyone to go fuck themselves <laughs> and show moms that they can do that too. Yeah, absolutely. I think that you can't go through any sort of major medical diagnosis without becoming an activist. It's just part of the job, right? You've got to advocate, especially as a parent, you've got to advocate for your kid. You've got to teach about the disease. You know, you can't expect people to know every detail about every major disease, and it, you become a lifestyle advocate. Yeah, because there's no like, so your kid has type 1 book. No, absolutely not. <laughs> Everyone says when you first get your kid diagnosed, welcome to the club no one ever wanted to be in. Right. We said that it can't, it's the common threads. Common it's thread. like, but no one wants to be here. But hey, look, try to be family. Now that try you're to here, get along. you're going to learn a lot. It's yes. not all going to be bad. And right. you've got a whole new support network you didn't know before. Yeah, there's also, we had shirts at Stupid Cancer with how many body parts can you live without? <laughs> like ovaries for losers. And then like, what's a colon? Like, where's your exactly. colon at? Every once in a while, I do an organ count. And I'm like, well, how many do I have left? Right, exactly. <laughs> Still here. Still here. Yeah. Got the important ones. Totally. And it's just so exciting to have you here, too. Because, like, you know, we, we've been friends forever. And I, I just think it's so important to maintain 
some kind of level of friendship. It, it kind of anchors you when everything else happens. And I guess my last thought on that is that if you have a friend, listeners, that you don't talk to for six months, even six years, and then you get in touch and it's like you never missed a beat, that's real friendship. Friends are the family you choose. So what has been your vaccine narrative of fuckery this week, besides being fully vaccinated yourself? Well, it's been a very, very COVID day for me today, Matt. I um, My little girl has eight years old, had a stomach ache yesterday, and it's a pretty routine stomach ache, but it's caused lots of excitement because you add COVID to the equation. And now there's this whole situation about when can she safely go back to school? And so it's been a lot of back and forth with doctors and school nurse and so, yeah, a lot of phone calls, a lot of lot of case management. And but. she's under 16 because they're opening yes. up 16 and older soon, too, in New York. Yes, they are. We're in New Jersey. We're not there oh, yet. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, we're not there yet. Dear Phil Murphy. We do. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're a little bit behind. So last week I told our listeners that I was going on vacation. We did go on vacation. All yeah, fully how vaxxed. was that? We went to Hershey Park. And again, I, I had predicted basically that they were kind of telling the truth on the Hershey Park website. Very limited amount of people there. You had to make reservations to do things, the museums, the water parks. They did a good job. And at one point, there were a lot of people in line. But most people, I would see nearly all of them actually on their own, kept six feet apart. That's really reassuring. It it makes you feel like you can go back out in the world and you can do things when other people are following the recommendations, too. I was expecting someone to be running through the hotel, yelling at people to put their masks over their noses. But to be honest, my Jess and I, my wife... We were really impressed at the level of just respect and compliance for other people's well-being. It gives you a little faith in humanity, doesn't it? To think that we're going to be able to pull this off and have some normalcy again. Well, there's like, there's either me or us, right? Which side are you on? I like the us idea. I like the idea of us being in it together, right? Everybody looking out for each other and making it a world we can kind of get back to together. I mean, me's good when you want to drink. (laughs) You can own your me. But let's worry about us. <laughs> I like that idea. So the LA Times, we're talking about the second vaccine. The second shot. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. A lot of people are really finding that the second shot really is a doozy. And young people more so than older people. Did you see that article? I did. And I had the opposite effect. The first shot for me, I was under a blanket for 24 hours, maybe closer to 36 hours. Second shot, eight hours. was fine. That's amazing. I'm hearing even just from friends, I'm hearing that the second shot is really the one that knocks people out. It's almost like they go through... Similar symptoms to COVID, but in a really short amount of time, right? Alora said she was had like 20 minutes of each symptom on the COVID checklist, and then she felt great. The, the interesting part of that, I guess, is that you get the first shot, it's not so bad, and then you hear the second shot's worse, but what do you do, not get it? Well, I mean, you're right? stuck. You, you're in. You've been, you've been entrapped. <laughs> and it still is the path to getting back to normal. So, yeah. you know, even if you're down for a day, it's worth it, right? I think that's the us, right? It's something you do to hopefully feel more confident in how you can get your life back together. But, you know, I'm seeing so much more optimism, you know, which kind of brings us to our second segment where the CDC is like impending doom. Impending doom. That's a big statement. Did you see? You saw the recording, right? It was terrifying. How emotional and deeply affected the director of the CDC is talking about a potential fourth wave. You know, as much as I like fear-mongering, as the next person, hashtag not true. 
I don't know how necessary it is to keep reinforcing this horrible narrative. And I don't want to come across as anti this and anti that, but there's got to be a better balance from a public servant perspective to not scare the crap out of everyone every single day. And I'll wrap with that being, I get it. Science is there to be proven wrong. They're there to make the most risky projections possible and work backwards because you don't have the evidence to support anything else. How do you feel about that? I think you're right. I think that, you know, in this particular situation, I hear the feedback I'm getting from friends and family is people feel frustrated. On one hand, they see the CDC releasing data saying you don't have to be six feet apart in schools anymore. If you're wearing a mask, three feet is enough. And then you've got this big emotional speech using words like impending doom. And they're like, well, which one is true? And I think it's really, it's confusing people. It's also interesting to talk about how this is not a one size fits all. This country is like 11 countries yeah. at the same time in every state. Yes. So in New York, I can only imagine that we're seeing potentially more compliance. There's a lot more people. There will be a lot less spread. And to the extent that there's way more awareness amongst the New York City community that we're going to be safer together versus, let's say, an area, you know, in, I don't know, I'll just pick on Florida. Why not? Let's pick Florida on Florida. Florida man's an easy target. You know, Florida, easy target. You know, are they going to see the same levels of safety and security or is this fourth wave limited to a California or a Michigan? You know, how do we start to look at the red blue without being political in terms of where the threat really lies? Yeah, it's interesting, too. And I think that when you look at some of the data from places like Florida, it baffles people because at times the numbers really haven't supported the disaster that we thought it should have been. Right. Well, we talked last week about how California and Florida took two completely separate paths and ended up with the same data. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. And then also in the news, are you hearing that there's all these case, these stories of people dying and from the COVID vaccine? But when you actually go and research it, it's not really happening. So how are these stories getting out about deaths that aren't happening? I mean, this is all piggybacking off the CDC's fear mongering and what they call the, the impending doom. Impending we doom. We need to echo that. <laughs> impending doom. I think people just want to think that there's a conspiracy when there isn't. But at the same time, it's been proven that there's intentional disinformation, which is. is never good. But there's also the average idiot that wants to go on Facebook and think that that's news. Very true. And there's also this human idea that we believe things first and then we look for evidence to support our personal beliefs. And I think that makes people susceptible. Guilty until proven innocent. Absolutely. Fact before fact or fake fact before actual fact. Yeah, we, we have a hunch and we look for evidence. Well, this goes back to, what do they call that? When it, when it reinforces your own biases. That's exactly it. Mm -hmm. You just kind of want to think that this could possibly be true. And every time something appears that might prove you're right, you get that, aha, I wasn't wrong. And well, it reinforces it. It does. I mean, I like to always say, if this were true or if this is true, then good or then this is horrible. Absolutely. Did you hear that there was a report that 16 people... And Utah died. And when it was investigated, there were zero deaths. Maybe they died of alien abduction. <laughs> they are kind of close to, uh, yeah, like, to New it, Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, like, is it a COVID death if you're already on kind of the way out and COVID kicks you over? And that's one of the things that came up in this article was 
there's a death rate, right? People are alive. People are dying. Are deaths happening after the COVID vaccine? Do they match the death rate without the COVID vaccine? And so far, it looks like those rates are awfully close. Right. And I remember we talked a couple of weeks ago that if you die from cancer, you don't die from cancer. Cancer is kind of the catalyst that made your organs fail. That's true. And yet categorize it as an oncology death in cancer mortality. So is it a flavor of the month? Oh, they kind of died from COVID, but they were abducted by aliens before they died. So they really died of alien abduction. (laughs) CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode not sponsored by Area 51. (laughs) I don't know. I think there might be some little green guys hiding behind your desk over there. I swear. The disinformation, folks... Listeners, please check your sources before you start writing stupid crap on Facebook. It does seem like people like word of mouth. They like Facebook. Yeah, they don't really like to go and fact check. Wait, fact what? (laughs) Fact check. facts. Yes. So as you know, the reason I'm here today is because Alora is on vacation. She's in the Dominican Republic having a fantastic time. She told me that she actually feels safer in the resort that they're in than she does here in the U.S. Isn't that amazing? I'm not surprised, and yet I'm kind of surprised. But then again, she's in South Jersey. What did they do down there that made her feel so much more secure? Or is it like there's just no Americans? She said she feels like it's because there's so few Americans. I know the people are pretty well masked. The precautions are pretty safe. Um, everyone's compliant. She's, she's really enjoying herself and having a good time and really, really thrilled that she could get the vaccine because it's opened up this possibility for her right. family. She and her husband. And her both, son. Yes. And her son were fully yeah. vaccinated. Yeah. Yeah. But so this opens up a whole conversation of like concierge tourism. We discussed last week how some of the cruise ships are making like vaccine only trips and they're selling out like wildfire, which are possibly creating in, with the lawyer's lawyer head, you know, some kind of freedom and liberty thing. Like I want to go on the boat, but they're a private business. They can choose no shirt, no shoes, no vax, no service. They can. So CNN put out a a piece basically saying, find out what countries are actually welcoming Americans. So there's actually a really big list. I was really surprised at how many countries are willing to let Americans in. Willing is the matter. Willing. Willing. And I was also really curious under what terms. And I was was reading reading through the list. It really seems like a PCR test is the magic bullet. If Mm -hmm. you want to travel right now, that's what's going to get you into the majority of the countries that are accepting Americans. The catch is when you want to come back you have to have a negative test within 72 hours, come back into the U.S. And that's the U.S.'s role. That's not right. any place else. And so if you're going to travel, you have to be sure you can secure that test before you come back. So what happens if you happen to randomly test positive on your way back? Are you stuck with the bill for two more nights at that resort? 
I've been reading in some places that depending on the country and depending on their particular rules, if you test positive after you arrive, they actually do pay, I think, for one hotel night. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you have to actually go country by country and read the fine print. So testing negative or positive on your way home, is that done at the airport before you take off? Is that done at customs when you land and then you're stuck at JFK? That's a question I have for Alora when she gets back. I want to know how she did that on her vacation. Did the resort offer it? Was it at the airport? Was it after they landed? I really don't know. There's another sort of flip story to this conversation, which is that there are countries so desperate for tourism, they were incentivizing Americans to go. And some of them are really surprising. Did you see um, Sicily is on the list? Yep. With such a hard time that Italy has had this year, I was really, really surprised Sicily was on those. But they are offering up to 50% off your airfare, or they're paying for 50% of your airfare, and a free hotel night. That's an amazing incentive. But the COVID right test now. still prevails. You still have to pass these you still other ha- biological... You still have to follow. Yeah. yeah, you absolutely still have to follow the rules. So, so Karen, what are these fabled seven countries, actually, besides Italy and Sicily, that will pay you to go there once the pandemic is over? So we've got the UK on the list, always a great spot to visit. We've got Japan. Isn't the UK like the worst COVID country next to Brazil? They've had a really, really rough time of it. And I think that's really why they're looking to incentivize travel down the road is because I think their reputation is pretty awful in international news right now. Right. And once things really are safe, they really do want to bring people back. Mm-hmm. Bulgaria? Bulgaria. Can you, right? Bulgaria. Have you ever been to Bulgaria? That's like Eastern Europe, right? It is. The pictures I saw were stunning. I know it's beautiful. I've been to, where have I been? I've been to Austria. I have is it Austria-ish? I think it's in that corner with like Romania and, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hungary. We just lost all of our Eastern European listeners. I know. I'm so sorry. I'm going to put that on my travel bucket list yes. because it's such a beautiful part of the world. Let's see what else is on this list. Well, oh, wait. Vegas. Vegas was on the list. Uh, wait, there's a domestic destination there's on this list? There's a domestic destination on this list. And I have to say, I kind of, <laughs> I'm particularly excited about the Vegas one because I've got a personal connection there. My normal day job is in the um, gambling and casino and lottery industry, and we've been hit really, really hard. And um, I'm excited that Vegas is finding ways for people to come back safely because it's going to bring a huge industry back up. And it's it's tourism and it's casino and it's a lot of the jobs that you would imagine on the ground. But it's also a lot of technology jobs. It's also a lot of manufacturing jobs. And it's um, all the HR and I mean, the accountants and all the people who support them. It's a huge industry. And I'm, I'm excited for that one to come back. And Mexico on the list, of course. Mexi- you can't um, not have Cancun or who, Cabo. Yeah. Who doesn't love going to Mexico? It's one of the most gracious countries. I think one of my favorite trips ever was in Mexico. I just think that um, they do tourism right. They really do. I just think it's <laughs> – go back to how we started the segment that countries are willing to welcome Americans back because we like are the most disgustingly toxic culture in many cases sometimes. Well, we bring our money with us, right? We got the green. We got the green. We got the green. And I guess we have to be grateful they want us back after this year. I mean, to an extent, yeah, I, I, I hope that people that are listening are able to, if you haven't already been fully vaccinated, are able to get eventually fully vaccinated and enjoy what we've been very privileged to have early yeah. on. Uh, Elora, especially, <laughs> we were texting each other from Hershey and from the Dominican Republic uh, about how lucky we are to have been vaccinated and to have our first, first real getaway with our kids and our family for the first time. In it's, a long an, time. it's a special thing. It really, really makes you value those opportunities, doesn't it? It's a big deal. Yeah. Really big deal.
Um, I heard something this week. Someone was suggesting that we open up the gates for the extroverts first. So this idea that the extroverts are so dying to get out of quarantine. Oh, you that- mean like like we should release the hounds on people that want to be social outdoors? Absolutely. And- release the extroverts a good week or two ahead release of the general the population. Release the extroverts. That's our hashtag. We're going to get it out of our system. We're going to take it out on each other. And then when it's died down a little bit and we're a little bit more sane, then we're going to let the rest of the world out. And then maybe not overwhelm the introverts of I our mean, wouldn't society. the agoraphobes just want to stay inside anyway? Probably. Am I being PC and correct by saying agor? Is there a better word for agoraphobe? I think it's a valid word. Yeah, yeah, I okay. think it is. All right, Dear, we we just lost the agoraphobes. <laughs> Listening <laughs> to the show, I just hope there aren't any Bulgarian agoraphobes because then we're really in trouble. We just hit the every we took every box. Hit there. it all. Not making friends today. All right. Well, on this uh, abbreviated version of Vaxon, Karen will be back. In fact, we're hoping that Karen and Allura might be on their very own podcast one day. I think we have a lot to talk about. I just keep channeling your inner mom strength. First of all, we forgot to mention at the top of the show, you have four children. I do. One of them's an adult now, which is kind of crazy. Yes. So an adult, a type one, and yes, two girls. I do. Yeah. It's Between amazing. Eight and 19 years old. Big range. So I don't know where, how much props are possible. From a dad perspective, but I view you and Allura as like just superhero moms We're that doing take it no shit and are owning the space of helping educate other moms dealing with the same crap while being a fabulous Gen Xer. That's what we're here to do. All right, folks, we'll see you back here next week with Elora Nanos on Vaxon. Take care. That's all for today, folks. If you like today's show, the conversation continues on Twitter at VaxonPod. That's V-A-X-O-N pod. Be sure to subscribe, leave a review, and tell all your friends to listen. Vaxon is a product of Offscript Media. Our executive producers are Matthew Zachary and Alora Nanos. Our senior producers are Brianna Seeley and Andrew McDowell. It is mixed and edited by Brianna Seeley. Our theme music is by Chair Model. For advertising and media inquiries, email media at offscript.com. Hit us up at contact at offscript.com to share comments, feedback, and make recommendations. For more information, visit offscript.com.